Hello and welcome to the podcast of Your Life Choices. It's called Mind Your Own Retirement. Great show coming up today. We're going to be speaking money with Andrew Davis, the CEO of Compare Club. But, uh, you know, health insurance must accept you. Health insurance must accept you with pre-existing conditions. And if you're covered for that pre-existing condition on your old policy, they actually have to cover you from day one. We'll be talking health with Pam Norton. She will tell you all about cataracts and so much more when it comes to eye health. It's not always a uniform cloud. Some people get a central cataract. The centre of their lens gets cloudy. Their vision is markedly decreased. And we're going to climb up your family tree with a special friend of ours, Ian Mack. Do you come from royalty or...? Uh, convict royalty, yes. Convict royalty. As Seriously? Say, in, in, in ancestry sort of, you know, talk... Um, people look for convict royalty in Australia, particularly. Welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement. Uh, Janelle Ward is special host for this week. Welcome to you, Janelle. Thank you, John. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much indeed for your advice when it came to that uh, little bit of extra, because I, I like a bit of gin. The medical the medical advice I gave you the last time. The medical advice as far as, as a great uh, compliment uh, to, to the gin. Um, we, we like our gin, don't we? Oh, and there's so many great Australian gins. Well, it's um, – th- there's – Good ingredients, botanical ingredients in gin, and there are must be hundreds of Australian gins. Well, so many of our uh, lovely friends from Your Life Choices uh, do like a little bit of a tipple, maybe at five o'clock in the afternoon. And why shouldn't they? And why shouldn't you? We've got a great show coming up today. How are you going with your health insurance? It's a problem. It it's just a keeps, problem it's for a going lot of people. up and up and up. Exactly right. We have someone who can help us, and his name's Andrew Davis. He's the CEO of Compare Club. Andrew, welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you here, sir. What can we do about our health insurance costs? Because so many of our members, of course, that's a big factor. They've got to have it. Some of them, you know, really do need it. And as you get older, you need it uh, uh, more and more. How can you help us? Absolutely. It it is a very important thing and people value it very much. And as they get older, people use it more and more. Mm. So the key thing to do is to look at it from time to time and make sure that what you have is meeting your needs and is delivering value for you. How do we know if it's delivering value? How can you do that comparison? It seems very complex. It it is complex and health is complex and the product has a lot of things in it, but it's really about um, having a discussion with someone who understands the way the product works and the way health insurance works and making sure uh, that it's working for you. The most obvious thing that we find um, sometimes is people are covered for what was relevant for them 15 or 20 ah, years ago. So Janelle doesn't need pregnancy, pregnancy insurance. exactly yeah, right, okay. yes. Okay. Yep. If you say so, Janelle. I don't. Okay. Um, that, 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 that's a good example. And certainly uh, if you have a single male, he's not going to need cover for pregnancy. Um, so, um, and that will save three, $400 a year. But that can be so hard to find your way through that maze of extras is... How, 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 how do we navigate that maze? Well, there's, there's two parts to health insurance. There's the hospital bit, and that, that's really the important bit. That's re- the real insurance part. You really need to be covered um, for the things that could happen to you because the cost is open-ended, right? I mean, you know, a heart procedure could be dollars $50,000. Um, if you end up in hospital for a long time, it can go into hundreds of a thousands of A friend of, of mine was put into an induced coma after a bad, a bad operation. It was $350,000. Yeah, so 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 that the hospital side, you just want to be covered, right? So it's not risky in any way for a male or a 65-year-old woman to have pregnancy removed from their cover, but there's a bunch of other stuff that they wouldn't, they wouldn't want removed, right? So you talk to someone and they conservatively look at the hospital cover and 
generally, you know, um, there, there are levels and, and we can discuss what's in and what's not in and um, there are big price differences. So, Andrew, are the health insurance companies sympathetic to those of us who are approaching 70, hello, uh, but who go to the gym very regularly, who keep very fit, don't smoke, um, drink very little and are feeling very fine about themselves. I mean, because back in the day, if you were 60, your health was not the same as it is in 2020 and beyond. The health insurers like those people very much. Um, The health insurers are not allowed to discriminate based on um, health. Is that right? Or age. Um, So there's no reward for that in pricing. Having said that, um, the, the but they uh, ask you if you're a smoker or not, don't they? Um, no, they don't. Is that right? That's correct, and they, and they, and they can't they, they can't penalise someone for being a smoker. Wow. So that that's part of the deal with the government um, because you know the government's involved. Actually, the government provides a higher rebate for people over the age of sixty five, and then slightly higher again over seventy. So you actually pay a little bit less when you're older than when you're younger. Um, but uh, you know, health insurance must accept you. Health insurance must accept you with pre-existing conditions, and if you're covered for that pre-existing condition on your old policy, they actually have to cover you from day one. So it's very different to travel insurance and other and life insurance. Certainly, very different. Uh, the way that the system is regulated, and the idea is that people should have maximum flexibility to be able to move around with health insurers, so that they can get what's valuable for them and not be not not, not overpay. Andrew, there's a very important date coming up, 1 April, apart from being April Fool's Day. What happens, like health insurance goes up from that date every year? Correct. So rather than having a sort of... Unfortunate um, date, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. April Fool's Day. No, April Fool's Day. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> rather than health insurance going up in ad hoc times through the year, because the health funds have to go to the government for approval to increase their, their prices, it just happens once a year on the 1st of April. So... The advantage of looking at your cover prior to that is that, um, firstly, all the new pricing is in, so you know essentially what it's going to be like for the next 12 months. Right. Um, and secondly, if you make a decision prior to the 1st of April um, and you pay prior to the 1st of April, you actually pay the 2019 price. Oh. So particularly people who have got money sitting in bank accounts, not earning much interest, is actually in your, in your interest to prepay uh, because they might, you know, might save 5 6% and it doesn't lock them in. So if something changes and they become unhappy, they can always get they can refund. always get a refund, right? And it's just pro rata th- okay. through, through the year. the size of the increases this year, do we know yet? So the government's proud of itself by um, the average um, being 2.95, um, but we've seen lots and lots and lots of policies where it's going to be, you know, uh, well above that. Okay. So... Um, what, what advice do you give folks who are, say, in their mid-60s? as far as health insurance is concerned, what kind of health insurance? And the kids have, say, gone yep. and it's uh, the two of them and then we'll talk about just a single person alone, but a couple at 65. So it would be similar advice for a couple and for a single. Mm-hmm. So it's to make sure that you have a good high-quality hospital cover and then make sure you have the extras cover that works for you. The extras cover, yeah, so, I mean, older people wear glasses, so, you, you know, why... And glasses become more expensive as you multifocals and that sort of thing. So let's get back $300 on your glasses rather than $100 on your glasses. Um, um, preventative dental is important always. So um, get a cover where, um, you know, you don't have any gap or you have a minimal gap when you get your teeth cleaned, which is, you know, good for you and preventative, et cetera, mm. right, rather than only getting back 40 or 50%. Um, if, if, uh, if you're a diabetic and you need regular podiatry, then make sure you have, you have podiatry. So... For, interestingly, for a similar price, the the benefits that you get back on some of those extras can vary very um, markedly. It will depend on who your provider is. 
um, and depending on which health fund you're with. So it's it's really worth looking at every few years, and you can you know you can do better by several hundred dollars each year just in the benefits that you receive back for these services that you're using anyway. Andrew is the CEO of Compare Club, and we just would like to acknowledge the fact that Compare Club is the kind of place you could go to to find out the uh, the differences between all the various services that are available? So we have a specific business called Health Insurance Comparison, which has been uh, around for about 10 years, and that's all they do. They look at health insurance for our customers. It's a completely free service. Um, we have people who are expert in private health insurance, and they will talk to you about about what your needs are and then try and find for you you know, the, the, most, the most suitable policy, which might be the policy you already have. They've read the fine print. That's their job. Excellent. What a great man to have in. Great advice. Thank I... you so much. Andrew, uh, please come by again. You're, you're always welcome and uh, uh, good luck and more power to you at uh, compareclub.com.au. Thank you. Uh, Janelle, if I take my glasses off, if I hold my hand over that eye, you look really fabulous. Oh, if great. I put my hand over that <laughs> eye, it looks like I'm looking at you through the Doris Day lens. You well, know, full of uh, because. Well, either way, it's probably better than. If I've got you a cataract removed out of that eye, ah. but I've got to yet have one. Can you tell? Can you give ah. me some more information about what I should do? I know someone who can. Who? Pam Norton. Goodness. Come great. on down. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, Wardy. Yeah, I'm Pam, and I'm an orthoptist. So I'm the sort of first person you see when you go to your ophthalmologist and have the um, all the tests. Done. What is a cataract? A cataract. Well, if you think of the eye like a camera, a cataract is the lens inside the camera. So it's the natural lens inside your eye, and a cataract is when that lens becomes cloudy or opaque. So the light can't get through the lens and onto the film or the retina, which is the back of the eye. So why why does it become cloudy, Pam? Is this is it, it's all is it all age related or? Not necessarily. Um, no, not at all. It can be due to um, general health, medications, trauma. Some people are born with um, cataracts. Mm. So, uh, no, it's not really related to your age at all. So is the warning sign that you're saying that things become cloudy, is, is that the first warning sign? It can be, but um, having said that the lens becomes cloudy, it's not always a uniform cloud. Some people get a central cataract. So as soon as that the centre of their lens gets cloudy, their vision is markedly decreased. Some people get um, a slow-developing cataract. And it's just like the um, mirror in the, in the bathroom. When you turn the shower on, it just slowly fogs up. You can't see yourself in the mirror. You can't, the light's not coming into your eye. You're not getting a clear picture. So there is no age at which, at, at which you should start considering cataract surgery from what you've said? It's, it's... Um, not really. But not my, my, really. My, my, my doctor said that uh, my other eye isn't quite bad enough yet to have it done. True. And you're probably finding with one eye done, you're functioning pretty well anyway. I am. Yeah, Janelle looks fabulous. (laughs) Tell me, uh, is the first uh, stop of finding how your eye health is by going to your local um, uh, eye people? 
to oh, get yeah, your local and... optometrist, and then they can refer you on to an ophthalmologist. Certainly, but um, you've got to consider as you get older. You have, if you have got some signs of cataract, which most people will have after the age of fifty, they'll have some early signs of cataract. You have to consider your mobility. You have to consider um, driver's license. And if your cataract has been developing slowly, often people go into denial when you say, oh, sorry, mm. really don't think you're safe to drive. And they say, oh, of course I can drive, of yeah. course I can drive, because it's just been such a gradual thing. Gradual, yeah, and they've just got used to it. Yeah, and you have to trust um, your ophthalmologist. You know, you can always go for a second opinion, if, but, you, you know, you have to listen to them. Not, not all cataracts are really obvious to the patient because they're slowly developing ones. They just, you know, you condition yourself. You're not aware. But diabetics are people that should consider having their cataract done earlier because diabetics get trouble on their retina. So you always have to be able to monitor the retina. If the lens gets cloudy, the ophthalmologist can't see in. You can't see out, but we can't see behind the cataract if it gets too cloudy. So you have to consider things like that as well. Is the surgery covered by medical um, insurance? It is. Now, that's a really good question. People should check with their health funds and see if they're covered for cataract surgery. They should also check with their health funds. A lot of ophthalmologists are part of a no-gap scheme, which means if you have private health insurance, you're not going to have extra out-of-pocket expenses. So it's really worth checking that and it's also worth checking for newcomers, check with the with the surgeon's rooms before you before you go. Ask them what their fee structure is. That way you don't get a terrible shock when um when you get your bill at the end of the day. Because some people charge differently to others. Some people think that if you pay more, you get a better a better job, but um, they have to consider things like the no-gap scheme and check with their insurance companies. Okay. Pammy, just a final question on safety. I mean, is it is it almost a, you know, a no-fail procedure these days or not that simple? <laughs> well, um, all surgery has some, some risk, but... Um, Cataract surgery is considered one of the safest. If the patient also has glaucoma, then the pressure is a problem. But then once the pressure is reduced, you can do the cataract surgery. And often after cataract surgery, the pressure is lower and the patient can go off their glaucoma treatment. So that's an added advantage for people who have glaucoma. Are we in Australia... uh adverse to having our eyes checked or are we very much aware of our eye health? Well, I've been working at some very busy practices, so I'd say that most people are onto it pretty well. I mean, they get scared because they think, oh, no, touching my eyes is terrible. Oh, but but these um, days even the pressure test doesn't even uh, push anything on your eye anymore. It's fantastic. That's right. That's right. The um, equipment that we're using now is just Very non-invasive, yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Thank you, Pam Norton, for uh, clearing the way for perhaps more people to go and just get get a check. eye health professional, thank you very much indeed for your time and we'll, we'll put something up on our website as well for sure. 
My pleasure. Take care, guys. Do you, have you got a family tree or a family bush? Is it, is it a shrubbery? I've actually got a family tree, but it, it it's in a lot of different places and a lot of different pieces and oh. not all the family have all the pieces. We need to speak to an absolute expert. And when we come to making our shows, our podcasts every week, there is one person who is the driver behind uh, it. Valuable man. Ian Mack is, is, the, is the power behind the throne and he makes sure that uh, you and I and the big boss uh, are kept in order. And sound well and, and sound fantastic. A... He's, he's got a bit of a croaky voice, but he's a fantastic guy. He's our producer. He's our uh, godfather. Ian Mack, welcome. Thank you, John. Now, you've come in today to on the microphone, that is, to have a talk about uh, ancestry. How, how far back have you gone with your family? Um, well, my family tree goes back to the late 1600s at currently. Really? Uh, I've taken mine back that far. Yeah, it's taken a while, but it's back that far. How have you done that? Um, over a period of time, it, it, because it's not the sort of thing that you can instantly go back, although, you know, you might be lucky and it happens, but it's, it's taken me about, I've been doing this for about four years now and one way and another with the connections that you make once you start, um, I'm back that far. And of course, the further back you go, the wider the tree gets too. So we're back on a number of levels at around, you know, the 16s and 1700s. Were you former, you know, do you come from royalty or... Uh, convict royalty, yes. Convict royalty. As Seriously, say, in, in in ancestry sort of you know talk, um, people look for convict royalty in Australia, particularly. Yeah, so we used to hide that once. Great bragging point, I but think. It's fantastic. So I've got very um, you know. Did your great 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 grandfather sort of steal a, a sheep or something? A grandmother uh, came oh. out on the second fleet uh, really? in in the women's ship. And she has plaques wow. to her set up down in Tasmania and all sorts of stuff like that. We found, but I didn't know this before I started this this fun. Ian, is it difficult to do the research that you've done? It's not difficult. It, it, it's time consuming, but that's part of the fun yes, because, okay. um, you know... Uh, if feel you, like if, a hobby, wouldn't it? It's a, it's a good hobby and, and it's a, a complete break from whatever you're normally doing uh, because, and the other thing is, it can become a little bit... Obs- you can become a bit obsessive with it. So, um, but yeah, look, it, it's it's been a, a great a great time away from Soaking other things. Up. Have yeah. have the rest mm. of the family reacted to your diligence? With interest, although it's interesting, I was telling Janelle the other day when we were talking about um, talking about this, that, that the people in your family that are really, really interested in it, uh, they seem few, but at the same time, everyone's proud of what you find. So, oh. if you know, you might have a family gathering or whatever it is and, and, and you say, oh, did you know this or did you know that? So, look, the family tends to be quite proud of what we've got in our tree. Has it connected the family or, you yeah. know, like extended family definitely, members? Definitely, definitely. Um, I started the tree uh, just because I, I wanted to. I'd collected bits and pieces over my life. I'm, I've been in media all my life, so it hasn't been hard to have photos and bits and pieces like that. My mother had a tree on the back of an old calendar she looked <laughs> at it, um, that, because she wanted a big piece of paper and, and an old calendar was as good as she could find. And we had a tree there and that was handed down. And then one day, you know, with computers as they are now, um, I was sort of led to fire off a tree on one of, one of the... There's, there's a number of them out there. And I started off and, um, and away I went. So, yeah... Um, Do you know how far back the the person who's gone the furthest back, uh, as far as an amateur might be? I don't know, but you know, if you're going back um, 
if you're going back, for example, down the UK line and you're going back to uh, families back in Scottish, there's there's names back there that they don't mean the na- the way people were called. Yeah. It, it, some yeah. trees go back that far where the name, you know, the, the, the way they call people is actually even different. So they do go back a long way, yeah. Extraordinary. Ian, it, it's given you an extra reason to travel, I believe. Ah. That it has. We went. We we planned a trip to Europe a couple of years ago, and I found my family um, on my mother's side came from a place down in Cornwall called Mevergesir. Anyway, we went there. Uh, the town was amazing. Little place. If you watched the show Doc Martin, yeah. with the yeah. boats that lay over in the, yeah. one of those sort of places with the wall, Cornwall and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I, I I was led to um, go to the cemetery, and we found my. I don't know how many greats, but a number of great, great, great grandfather's grave, three graves in from the gate. Um, my wife's got a photo of me just transfixed in front of staring at this gravestone. It's amazing. And do you know what's fascinating? The fact that Ian is married to a beautiful lady who is Japanese. So that's going to make the family tree continuing a very interesting side. I, I, uh, last time I was in Japan, I sat my father-in-law down. Um, you would think Japan would have amazing records for this stuff. They they don't. Oh, yeah. And so we were crawling back through my father-in-law's memory trying to find bits and pieces. So my family tree's got a really interesting bit because a lot of it's in Japanese. Isn't it amazing? Mm. I, I'm fascinated by this topic. I can't wait to have a little bit more time. To do a to, lot of things. To do, <laughs> well, to do a lot of things. But just to um, – because I, yeah. if you're at all lonely or – had certain family members that are maybe a little bit disconnected, this is going to drag everyone together again. I just see it. It has because you can invite people. So if I can quickly go to the one that I'm – the tree I'm on um, and any tree actually that that works like this, you can invite people to have a look at it. You can invite them in as guests via an email address. Mm. And so I've shared that with many members of my family and um, and a lot of those uh, – People have, have, you know, they've write to me and they've sent me photos. So it, yeah. it actually does connect people. You're now the patriarch, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, a family historian. Um, now, we know there's a number of um, uh, ways that you can collect information about family trees, but you are using one that you do pay for called Ancestry. And, and you, don't, you don't have to pay to start. Okay. But as I say, if it gets you like it got me, then I was <laughs> led to Taken. pay regularly. Um, there's some uh, there's some caveats to that in respect to that some of the information that you can you can pull in via the fact that you remember may disappear if you do stop paying. But okay. that's down the th- track. That's just down the track. Is there yeah. any issues with privacy? Uh, in in terms of privacy with the tree that I'm with, any any living person oh. is not listed. Oh, I see. So they're, 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 there's a box there for them, and you can see the connection, but their name's not there. Okay. Um, so. That tends to be the sort of rule that once a person's deceased, their name becomes available. And you do have some pro- – obviously, like all of these things, you have um, settings where you can say, I want this to be private or not or, okay. or that sort of stuff. So there are you – know, yeah. All right. Well, you were on Ancestry.com, but there are other places you can go. And uh, there you are, Janelle. I'm you, hooked. You, your I can't wait. whistle is wetted. I want, um, I want convict royalty. Ian, <laughs> Ian Mack is our producer of these podcasts. And, uh, Ian, we thank you so much indeed for giving up your time and more power to you as you go on the hunt for the McWilliam clan. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. Well, that's interesting. We've learnt a lot today, haven't we, about our eyes, about our ancestry... 
It's always so informative. It is always informative. And if you'd like to know more, you can always go to our webpage, which is yourlifechoices.com.au. And there you'll find all the information about what we've spoken of today and, and so much more, Janelle. Always so much more. Come back and join us next time on Mind Your Own Retirement. But uh, until then, make sure you get your friends to join Your Life Choices. It's absolutely free and we'll see you next time.